This episode of Bushwick Breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans. That's right. You out there is how we get our seven-year extension of keep doing this podcast, of which we've already done six years, but we forced our way to the Rangers, so we're trying to keep doing this podcast. So if you go to patreon.com slash Bruce's Breakaway, we can keep talking about Adam Fox for the next however long we can stand each other. That's right. All right, fun show today. We talk, you're never going to believe it, Adam Fox extension, the crappy play in Seattle, and a bunch more. Greg and I get all into it. Let's Screw it. Let's get to it now. Here's Mark Messier. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Welcome to the week of the week. I am your host, Ryan Mead of Patreon.com, where you can subscribe to the whole Patreon.com of Blue Shirts Breakaway fam. You can support us there, where we have cool things like the Insiders Chat, where I leak cool stuff that might happen on Mondays. Gregory, how are you? Yeah, I got to tell you, Ryan, I am, I'm not a guy who likes doing this. As many people know, I don't think there's any more louder critic of you than myself. It's what I'm My dad is most very proud quiet. of in this it's world. True. <laughs> And people will just say that this is me spewing facts, but the 50 some odd people that are in our insider channel will know that you had this shit at one o'clock and the only people you told were the people in the insider chat. I did. I did. Uh, I'm not going to take any kudos because I did not announce it anywhere else, Um, but let's get right to it. Adam Fox has signed a seven year extension for $9.5 million with the New York Rangers. Our good friend Shana Goldman has already put out a chart what his projected contact contract and market value would be and uh it goes up to like 15.8 million dollars in year four that's yeah, where it's we're crazy at because that, he's just really fucking good yeah go figure turns out adam fox is really good at hockey and mm. what's what's so great about adam fox is uh, i i i mean how do i start and end this sentence right it, the answer is everything he does everything yep. he's from new york he grew up a ranger fan this is what he forced his way to the new york rangers <laughs> he's one of He's the reason the New York New York Rangers defensive core actually works. There was a point this weekend where he went to the locker room and my heart fell out of my body. I threw it up out of my mouth and had to reinsert it back into myself. Adam Fox is a New York Ranger for the next seven years, or the extension rather is for seven years. The guy is here forever. Um, and if you're asking yourself why seven years, not eight, uh, the answer is money. And so he can get a second contract. Yep. And that's it. I, I, there's, we have a lot to talk about with Adam Fox here, but uh, he's really good at hockey. He's literally limitless. He's, and I, we hate to use this word, but could be a generational defender, a player. His, well, now, I hate to use this word. You I love, love to using use that it. word. I love it. I'm a big fan. Um, yeah. It, it, could he have timed it better? This is a fucking Harvard-educated man that we are talking about, right? And he's <laughs> On a the Monday, first, no less. One, one of the first... Harvard-educated hockey players that you and I have both take a step back and go, yeah, it makes fucking sense that that guy went to Harvard. Do we think he was he was sitting on this extension the entire year, and he's like, he said, I'm going to wait to announce this until the, na- the night after I score the game-winning goal. Somewhere. I don't know where that game-winning goal is going to happen, but I'm going to wait until literally Ranger fans feel like they can't possibly love me more, and then I'm going to give them seven more years of chances to love me more. And he just, this could have been announced months ago. And he's like, no, man, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for this fucking game winning goal. 
It's going to be great. I have a plan. Everybody relax. And once again, Adam Fox had a plan. He did. Uh, Adam Fox is criminally underpaid at $9.5 million, which brings us to the future of the Rangers salary cap. One of the most exciting conversations there is on the internet. And I know you're... That, that... Do I have, to, I have to pull up cap friendly? Hold on, hold on. <laughs> There's a great, the great account called Hockey Satmire. If you don't follow him, you should. Um, he has the Rangers with... If Kako and, and Blay sign their RFAs at reasonable deals next year, Capo uh, Kako, you would imagine, doesn't really have a, a, a great chance to have a tremendous bridge deal. It's probably going to be around $2 million, $2.5 million, similar to the Philip Heedle deal. Um, mm. that leaves them with no second line center, uh, and the team that they have now with Goodrow on the first line, <laughs> by the way, the Goodrow contract looks worse and worse all the time. I'm just saying, I know they can move it. Um, Hey, he scored again last night, buddy. <laughs> magical empty netter. Just, I mean, really a 200 foot player. He has the, the Rangers are winning games in, uh, the worst fashion I've ever seen. Like I think if Adam Fox didn't well, sign right, this extension, right. we're, we're, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get there. Don't yeah. you worry. All right, um, let's talk about this. Yeah, now. here's so Cap Friendly currently has the Rangers at ten million dollars, give or take, in cap space. Ten and a half, if you want to be even, mm-hmm. going into at the end of this season, the beginning of next year, in which Alexander Gurgiev is not signed. Lieber Hayek, who by the way still here, is not <laughs> still signed. here. Um, the God Kevin Rooney is not signed. And then, like you mentioned, really, it's Sammy Blay, Capo Caco. There's no way Sammy Blay, in my opinion, is getting more than two and a half. He's making one and a half right now. I think that's fair. You look at every Brandon Lemieux contract that's been signed, and that's essentially what Sammy Blay will get, regardless of how well he does this year or not. Caco, I think he's going to be between a rock and a hard place on a bridge deal. I don't expect him to get the $3 million that Ryan Lindgren got on his bridge. Honestly, I'd be hard-pressed for him to get the 2.3 that Philip Heedle got on his bridge. Um, if anything, he will he might get Heedle's number just because of draft pedigree, but this isn't me saying Kako deserves that little. He doesn't. He obviously deserves a ton. If the Rangers are smart, oh, he's got to do they a tried lot to more sign him. This season they tried wise. to sign him long-term now while he's cheap as opposed to waiting for him waiting for his ability to catch up to his ceiling. Um, and that's, you know, a conversation you and I have had about bridge deals since literally the inception. They're of not good. The Taco's agent, if he accepts that deal, is uh, should be fired. So let's put it Yeah, but Ozzy Albies had an agent that accepted that deal on his behalf. So Who anything, did that? Is, he, yeah, I, is he still his needs, agent? Like Geneva, Geneva Convention needs to be talked about with that one because it's just goddamn, goddamn ridiculous, Ryan. Enjoy. Um, How's your money going with the Braves? Oh, I've made so much money. It's so fucking annoying. It's really, it's so, it's so damn annoying. Them being up three games to two going back to Houston is just some guy named Dylan Lee started for them and they won a goddamn game. I don't want to talk about the phrase, Ryan. We're talking, we're talking good vibes here. We're talking good vibes. Um, yeah, I, this is kind of, now, again, we should make note of this, right, specifically. There's always money in the banana stand. You and I have always said that. There's always a way to make things happen. Right. I think the Rangers, if they need extra space, will find that extra space. And they can Boy, potentially have more than $10.5 million. To find that extra space, though, right now is not not easy. Uh, uh, is it? Is it, though? Because one of them has scored seven goals through the fairly first, uh, what, nine that, games? That is the – yeah, that player is the way you, you – create cap space. I, I will say mm-hmm. that. And Chris Kreider is 
Has Chris Kreider ever been this hot? I mean, yes. Yeah, the answer to that actually, is yes. Every season, we, every yeah, every four weeks, <laughs> we we do this. We do this all the time. Chris Kreider, it's he's just a he's a like three weeks on, two weeks off kind of guy, and he just for the first time in maybe his entire career, the three weeks he's decided to be on are the first three weeks of the season. And God bless the man. Without without Chris Kreider, Adam Fox, and Igor Shosturkin, where the fuck are the New York Rangers right now? Last in the Metro, probably. Oh, yeah. Uh, dude, without Igor, and I wish, uh, speaking of long-term extensions, I wish we would have signed Igor for nine years. <laughs> like, this guy is the Ryan, goddamn Ryan, truth. Ryan Mead, famously against seven, eight-year contracts. Extremely Igor against. needs 12. Extremely give against. The, give, give him the DiPietro. I, I really don't like anything that's past six years, if I'm perfectly honest, but I couldn't, I couldn't love the Adam Fox deal more. And the Igor thing, I get why he took the deal he did. Uh, but to watch it, he's the only reason the Rangers are succeeding. I mean, Adam Fox plays a big part in this too, don't get me wrong. But the saves that Igor is making right now is is Lundqvist-esque. There's no other way to put it. He's playing at a very high level. Can he sustain this? Can he get better than he already is? I'd love to see that. And, but the Rangers cannot rely on that on a week-in, week-out basis because they're getting the break speed off them. The Seattle game, with the they won. Like, it was... It was probably the grossest I felt after a win. You know, it starts at 9 o'clock. You stay up a little uh, late. I don't know. You felt pretty gross about the the Maple Leafs game there. did right? feel very freaking gross about that. It, but it, this is what this whole season has been. I, I'm in this really weird state where, man, I'm the Rangers are, are winning. They're grinding games out. They don't look good at all, but they're winning. And, yeah, I have a, I have a defenseman that – is possibly the best defenseman in the league now on my team. And I have one of the best goalies who is going to be a Vesna candidate this year, but the offense, it just hasn't, it, it's looked inept. Like I, I, I have nothing nice to say about it. There's the power play has been broken. The only player that's, that's doing really anything offensively are, are, is Chris Kreider and Adam Fox. And I know Panarin has eight points through nine games, et cetera. He's like, he's, he's still finding a way as, as superstars do but there's just like everything from puck, bringing the puck into the zone to the power play to just just some stupid turnovers. There's been just so much of like, what am I watching? And 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 hey, maybe it's just Galan's system, you know, taking time to take get into place. But I was told system super simple. We're gonna get right to it. But they have not looked good offensively. But yet here they are, six two and one after these games at the start of the season. Yeah, I think it's important to emphasize a point that we've been making where the Rangers it is totally fair and you are not being a negative Nancy to say that this team simply put just doesn't look right and but there are reasons to be kind of encouraged by this team not looking right because if there was one thing going into this season that you the fan and us the podcasters were super confident about is that the New York Rangers were going to be able to score the puck so the fact that the one thing they haven't been able to do yet this season is score the puck is kind of like a good news, bad news situation because there's just there's just no way this can continue for the entirety of the season. And that's true. At the same time, I think part of what made specifically the Seattle game so disappointing is that the Rangers were just clearly coming off their best performance of the year against the Blue Jackets. Across now, the Blue Jackets. In, in right, a, and I, I understand. Fashion. 
Right. I understand that the Blue Jackets, despite how well of a start they have gotten off to this year, we still expect them to be one of the bottom 10 teams in the NHL and probably the bottom dweller in the Metropolitan Division when the season is over. But with that being said, again, they had gotten off to a really great start this year. So the fact that the Rangers playing this hot team while they aren't playing hot just dominated every second of that hockey game and then followed that performance up with the just wet fart stinker that was Seattle is disappointing. I guess, again, there are excuses that we can find, and let's try to find them. The one I would use in the Seattle game is it's the Rangers' first West Coast trip of the year. They didn't have time or Gallant didn't feel like a practice would have been necessary to do uh, after the West Coast, the, 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 the Western flight. So the Rangers were coming in to that game without a practice, yada, yada. I got concerns about Niels Lundqvist not being in the lineup. But again, you can make the argument that Niels Lundqvist, when he played in the Swedish league, never had to fly six hours and deal with a three-hour time difference between game and game. And again, there was no practice in between those games. So if you wanted to put Tenorti into that game, I actually can kind of understand it. At the same time, Great hockey teams do start the season 6-2-1 and one when things aren't clicking, but we're getting to a point where it's no longer just a small sample size for the Rangers being unable to score. We're not quite there yet, but it's rapidly approaching, and at some point, the New York Rangers are going to have to do some things to get this lineup to score. It's not just going to be as simple as continuing to run out the exact same lines and assuming Zibanejad, Panarin, Strom, Heedle, that these guys are just going to have it click. At some point, you're going to have to rock the boat a little bit. You should be doing that while Igor Shosturkin is playing this well, in my opinion. But, you know, it, the Rangers are 6-2-1. and one. They, Their first nine games, they have played this well in a division that, even with the Bruins going back, to um, the Atlantic, and we're going to have Sarah Griffin on later on this podcast, we should make mention. It's going to be a really hard division to finish in a playoff spot. So the fact that the Rangers are playing poorly and still winning 66% of their games and never really looking, again, thanks in large part to the goaltending, out of any game that they play, that's good news. But it's going to stop being good news eventually because at some point you need this team to score. They need to wake up. They do, and that that comes on the shoulders of a few different players. I mean, I, I don't expect Goodrow to come in here and do anything but what he's done, which is try and play defense, play PK, make things happen, do dirty work. Cool. Yeah, you're expecting more from Dryden Hunt. I understand. You have. I, I am, who is the new uh, Barkley Goodrow and is generally an important player for this Ranger squad. But, I, you know, players like Lafreniere, Kako, and especially Mika Zbinejad, who Mika's played well, but he just hasn't scored at the way the way he was – he's the rate, rather, he was last year. Now maybe that game is coming. That Mika game is always right around the corner where he just absolutely takes fire and wins the game himself for you. But that just hasn't been the case so far. It's just been Chris Kreider. Chris Kreider had multiple chances for goals last night. He had a second breakaway by himself uh, with, with his Chris Kreider-like speed into the goalie. And just uh, wasn't able to make that happen. But Mika in general has just been, he's been okay. He's been all right. I think he's hes had some good playmaking in him. And Panarin's trying his best. And, and he's definitely finding a way to produce points. But the team goes as far as those two players go. Mika's Abinajad and Panarin 
when it's all said and done here, Greg, are the offense for the New York Rangers. Yes, Kako and Lafreniere have to take that next step, but they clearly are not there yet. Uh, I, I think Kako and Lafreniere, will, you'll see them get kind of rolling offensively at, in the middle of November, late November. I think both of them will, the comfort zone is starting to get there. Kako obviously just came back from an injury. But these two players, the Rangers are only going to go as far as those two players can take them. Because Igor could do that. If Igor could do that every night, that's great. But only one player or only a few goalies in history have ever been able to do that sustainably. And one of them is now on the MSG broadcast. So that's Steve Valaket. Steve Valaket, an absolute legend. Four shutouts. Yes. So uh, just, I, I don't know. That, that's where we go from here where it's, can this offense wake up? Does Gallant try and switch things? Like, I guess Goudreau, what you were asking, you were saying, hey, what about switching up the lines and stuff? I mean, Goudreau's on the first line. And people slaughtered yeah, me when that, I was... Yeah, here's the thing. That's not the switch that I was applying, I, I didn't. I didn't think it was. <laughs> but Goudreau, like, when I posted over the summer, like, hey, Goudreau's probably going to play second line right wing minutes. People were like, no. Like, well, he's a first line winger now. So there you go. Like, I, I don't know what else to say. He's been, he's been what he's as advertised. That's just it. I'll... I'll say I'll say this, and I I said this when Strom was injured, but it's still just a it's apparent now that until they prove otherwise, I think you just have to play Zibanejad and Panarin together, and I think now that especially since Kako and Strom are both healthy, I think your second line just needs to be Lafreniere, Strom, and Kako. And again, I understand Panarin has this friendship with Ryan Strom that is. You know, stuff of stuff of legend. We're gonna see it in a rom com one of these days, I'm sure. The next the next lifetime movie we see is not gonna be about some dude from Connecticut, but it's gonna be about um Strom and Panarin. But it's it's just it's it's so important to get those players going, like you said, that you almost have to put them together to wake them both up at the exact same time. And then when things are working, we can then talk about splitting them up again but for the time being i just i think you just need to play your best players with your best players understand that that line needs to be the line more than any other line that is generating offense for your team and then just hope to find something from the three other lines right now i just i just i don't think we have the time necessarily to just keep keep on keeping on we got to do something well the rangers need I, a, the rangers need a right wing rental that's what they kind of need right now. To a player, they can go out and get something like, like I don't know, like a Riley Smith from Vegas, something like that. Um, uh, you're, say, you're saying the name again, huh? Yeah. Because um, here's the thing, and I think it's important so people understand this. Jack Eichel is he's not dead physically, but he's he. we passed the point of him being a New York Ranger a very long time ago. I don't, think, so I don't no actually think it was a long time ago. It was about three weeks. Uh, three, four weeks. I think it was, a. am going to say a long time ago because it, it, it's been clear for even longer than just three weeks that jury wasn't upping his offer and Buffalo wasn't lowering their price. And if neither one of those two things was going to happen, he wasn't going to be a New York Ranger. It doesn't matter if they're lowering thing, their price for other teams, yeah. which they are. They are. They weren't going to lower their price for the New York Rangers. So this dream has been dead for a while, but as this dream is dead, it's important to remember that the New York Rangers still have $8 million dollars in cap space. And there are still teams dying to move impact players on one or two year deals to teams that can absorb those contracts and possibly get something in return. Now I will say there's a name 
that you have mentioned on this podcast before. And he very comfortably fits within that $8 million of cap space. Mr. And he has the pedigree that some players or teams might like. And I understand that Riley Smith has a relationship with Gerard Gallant, but I do think the name to watch is Phil Kessel. Boy, Kessel on the Rangers would be something. I know he's just like, I know he's not the, the player he used to be, but maybe New York yeah, would. 30, he's 34. Yeah, of course. Maybe the, the New York would bring it out of him. I don't know. It's the, the Rangers are in this weird position now, and this is, again, if the Adam Fox didn't, and Fox News didn't happen today. This is kind of the direction I was going to go in. Where you and I have sat here the last two years and talked about the hope and the future and what the Rangers are building towards. And we won two lotteries, um, getting Lafreniere and Capococco. Whether those were the right picks or not, that's what you got. And they were the right picks at the time, no matter what. Uh, when you have those players, you start building towards what you consider your championship roster. You now have everybody on your championship roster signed. That's it. Maybe the Rangers can make one more big move to bring in somebody, a second-line C. So maybe they're going to try and find a value at second-line center. Who knows what I, they're going to go for? I personally, I don't know, I, not to cut you off, but yeah. I, I, this, this is an interesting roster-building question that I'm going to ask you. Would you rather have a long-term 2C or kind of play like the revolving door at 2C? Like baseball teams do this all the time, right? They have their two stalwart starting pitchers. But then occasionally the good teams allow that third starting pitcher every year to just be a different guy every year. So are you, are you more comfortable? Do you need the Rangers to sign someone long-term to be the second-line center? Or are you cool with them understanding that we have Philip Heedle here, maybe we can keep rolling the dice short-term for 2C and mix and match, see what works, let the second center be the different – flavor you bring into this team every year i think i'm cool with that and that's an interesting way to put it i again if it's a player of eichel's caliber i i think the rangers should have traded the farm to try and get that kind of player and i think they tried to i think they tried to trade every every player that is now a damaged asset for eichel um and it might have been a damaged asset back then too which is why the sabers maybe didn't make there are a lot of reasons why the Sabres didn't make the trade. And again, I'm going to remind people that one of them is not our stupid billboard. Um, <laughs> oh, but if it was, though. <laughs> if it was, that's fucking hilarious. And we're going to talk about it all the time. Yes. If that ever comes out in like a book or something. Uh, yes. So I, I would rather go for the 2C, kind of play it by ear. Maybe try and find something every two years, two, three years. But it's, it's, it's hard to sign guys to those kind of deals, especially in the NHL. Everyone wants six plus years. If you're anything worth anything. Well, that's what I'm like. Would you rather play revolving door musical chairs to see, or are you giving Ryan Strom five years? Like I like, uh, so hurdle is a guy we've mentioned a lot from San Jose. Uh, and I, I've, it's grown on me. It's a player. I wasn't really interested in, but I don't think he fits under the cap structure. The Rangers have like, it's tight. He's well, especially since he's getting seven. I don't know any, there's no other way to say he's, not getting seven million dollars because he is he very much is yeah there's, there's no question in my he's mind he's only a year younger than me because of Benajad. he's probably gonna get seven over seven so or or maybe i don't i don't think he's gonna stay in san jose i think he'll go go elsewhere no, but he's at least getting five years if strom's gonna get five years hurdle's gonna get five years and if strom's gonna get five and a half which i think he will hurdle's getting seven and a half like it, it's he's a good player and good players are gonna get paid this is bad players get paid in the nhl there are times I'd rather have Ryan Strom than Philip Deneau. 
And Deneau plays uh, in L.A. Yes, for a lot of especially, money. I mean, especially right now, right? Because the New York Rangers can't buy a goal. And it's not like uh, Deneau is gonna, would be here helping the New York Rangers he, he buy not. a goal. He's, he's, just, he's not that kind of player. He ain't that guy. He, hey, you're not that guy. That's what he's not. And Ryan Strom is that guy sometimes. And when he hits the net, it's magical. And if he could just fix that, he'd be like a really good 2C. He'd be incredible. But he's not that guy. He, he loves to miss the net. And I'm, I know we're making fun of Ryan Strom, who's been incredible for the New York Rangers. And we're constantly trying to replace him. But he might be their best option. This might be your squad. You're going to win a championship, which which, which brings me back to my or, – or, yeah. no, Hold on, hold on. I, I misspoke. Right. I misspoke. I misspoke. You're okay. going to try to win a championship with. And that brings me back to my original point. We were building for these last two years. We're finally here, and the Rangers are struggling. They're getting beat by a team that we thought in Seattle was like a hodgepodge of, of, of what is this? What is happening? Why do they even draft this way? And that team is It did make sense them. that Everly scored, though. That, yeah. that I mean, we that all should have seen coming. That was a lot. Yeah. I wish we'd bet this stuff. I, I Damn. It's such I, a, it's, I was very tired yesterday in my defense. I didn't want to – I've been to the casino so much to bet these goddamn Braves that if I have to keep going back, I think they're going to get my driver's license one more time and just be like, there's a 1-800 number that we have posted on this wall that you might need to call. And I would try to then explain to them that, no, no, I'm being a responsible human by spite betting a team. And they're like, no, what you're saying is exactly why you need to call this 1-800 number. So I can't – until Kathy Hochul gets her shit together and legalizes this mobile app, I can't be making this bet all the time. Just can't, can't be doing it right. Yeah, well, once it's mobile, I mean, we got to bet that kind of stuff. Really? Uh, yes. Once it's mobile, it's irresponsible of us not to. Yeah, it's like throwing away money. There are just certain players that are always going to score versus the Rangers. And Everlay being one of them is a lock. That was incredible. Anyway, so the Rangers got absolutely, totally outmanned, outplayed, out everything, with the exception of Igor Sturkin and Adam Fox showing his brilliance for a couple seconds there while Chris Kreider um, learns how to shoot from outside of three feet for one night. And they, I think they only had 18 shots for the whole game. It was freaking brutal, man. And this is the team that you're going to be going to war with. There's not a lot of flexibility here. I mean, we... I hate to repeat this one thing that was the summer mantra, but it was. Well, first of all, the mantra was anything is possible until it wasn't. And the second thing is the Rangers were looking for a top six player to come in and revolutionize, not revolutionize, but add to that top six talent to finally take them over the edge. I'm assuming they're still looking for that. They're still going out trying to find it, but it's not Jack Eichel now, and it's not going to be hurdle unless you trade away another piece. I, I don't know what it is at this point. I'm really curious. Because the Rangers All have the pieces, saying, they do. Like there are a lot of prospects to ship out who, who won't have time to play for the Rangers the next couple of years. That right side mm-hmm. is locked up. <laughs> it's not not a lot for the defense. Not a lot of room. If if Niels hits, which I'm assuming he's going to, he's going to be some sort of NHL caliber player. There's no room on the right side for like five six years. Period. End of story. Yeah. Well, again, that's a largely why I'm very okay if the Rangers just want to keep playing hot to hot to. Hot, I, I was about to tomato. say tomato. <laughs> no, I was going to say tomato. Like I, I had, I had tomato in my head, but I'm hungry, so I was thinking potato. Hot, to, who doesn't hot love tomato. Good potato. So a hot tomato. I just some Phil Kessel numbers. Just the guys. Just two guys. Hey, being two broke, guys talking, talking about, about hot things. dogs. No big. His last full season with the Pittsburgh Penguins, the last truly good team Phil Kessel was on, 82 points in 82 games, 27 goals, 55 assists. That's good. Pretty good. His full season before the shutdown with the Coyotes. Lackluster, only 38 points in 70 games. Last season, though, Ryan, 
In 56 games, this is a guy who scored 20 goals at 43 points. I understand. Let me, I, I should be doing this with the Rampum charts, right? Because I'm just, I'm being an old Yeah, we're doing the old guy, guy thing, which is like, hey, look at the points. Think about it. Look at the points. But I, I know Chris Drury is. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're just doing what Chris Drury would do, okay? You're yeah, going to his player, I, his hockey reference page, and you go, hmm, look at the points. All right, let me, let me, I'm pulling it up. Yep. I'm being a guy. Rampum charts. We're going to we're, Phil Kessel. We're, you were talking is, for a very long time. I could have done this entire yeah. thing. This is what we call ramping honest, it up on the podcast, looking for rampum charts. You like that? A little hockey uh, analytic talk. So right. here's here's the thing, right? We can admit that the New York Rangers, whether it's goaltending, and honestly, the top four the Rangers have been playing, has been playing really well defensively, right? The third pair is kind of getting blown out Daniel's of the water. Some of that, getting destroyed. Some of that expected. Niels Lundqvist, literal child, playing against Ben for the first time. Nemeth getting exposed, for sure. Nemeth getting exposed. Phil Kessel, if you look at his overall Rapham chart from our good friends over at Evolving Hockey, the number is not friendly. However, offensively, especially at even strength, which is something the New York Rangers desperately need right now, the man is a 68. That's not ideal. You could probably pay for better. Is it two better. years of his contract or one? Is it two? Nope, this is it. He's a free agent at the end of this year. Oh, man, it looks good. I it want makes in. a lot of sense, I want in. <laughs> and, and, You know what? I, here's the real reason I want in. It would be so much fun. It would oh, be, my God. Would it ever? Yeah, the content would be great. I'd have a great time with Phil Kessel. And the quotes, everything. The vibe, he would be great here. I don't think it's going to be him. I really don't. But, man, I mean, could, they, could you get him to keep – Half the salary? Would that even matter at this point? I don't think it would. Do the Rangers? Well, what that, do you give the it next up, right? qu- The Rangers. The Rangers really need to make one move, right? They don't have a lot of room to make more than one move. No, they don't have a do lot you... of room to make more than like six moves the next like five years. But it, not even. I'm not even thinking long term. I'm thinking for this season. Yeah. Can you can you see a scenario where the New York Rangers are adding more than one player to their forward group or one defenseman? I don't even think I see room for one defenseman. I don't know. I don't see a way the Rangers add a defenseman unless some serious injury happens. And I could see them adding two forwards, the second forward being super minor. I don't. I can't see them adding two forwards. Who are you taking out of that bottom six? <sighs> well, Barron would come up, right? So. Well, Barron, we have no room for Barron. You're telling me you're going to take someone else out and put someone else in and move Barron even further down the pecking order? First of all, I think Barron's getting traded. Lock that one up. Second, I just I, I think the Rangers have room for one. And it's it's unfortunately probably gonna be Dryden Hunt's spot, which is not a knock on Dryden Hunt, but you take Hunt out of the lineup, you move Goodrow down, you put someone like Kessel in. I think that's your one move. I that that's your one barring a major injury. The Rangers they don't have a lot of holes. And a lot of their holes are filled by their own players just playing better or regressing to their mean, like being the players we expect Mika Zibanejad and Artemi Panarin to be. So it, it it's not like the Rangers need to change a lot. They, right. they have the equation right. They don't quite have the answer yet, and it's because there's this one solve for X in the middle of the problem that they haven't quite solved for. And that's where I think someone like Phil Kessel is just this perfect fit. And it's it's everything that makes you groan about 200 hockey men, right? The has been there before championship caliber playoff performer, big market success, yada, yada has played with stars in his past, blah, blah, blah. All the bullshit reasons that these guys just orgasm to, but it's also the stuff that the Rangers 
analytically fucking need. So he's one of those few players that is a perfect pairing between the old heads are going to love it, which is the most important because they're the ones that are going to make the trade. But this dude is also just going to be the perfect puzzle piece for the New York Rangers. And oh, by the way, he's a right-handed shot that plays right wing. Could you think of a more perfect match? No, there's very few. There's, I think the Smith thing with the connection with the Vegas and Gallant's going to fight for that, but I really don't know who else they'd look for. Maybe they try to take a big swing at the deadline. They're going to be shopping. The, the, only, the only real argument I can see for Riley Smith from a why would Vegas trade him standpoint is they have to find this money somewhere. For, But that, Eichel, that's the yeah. thing. We're at a point now with Eichel where they're just going to lightning it the entire year. Eichel ain't going to play until the playoffs. Oh, no You kidding way. me? No way. So they don't even need to move Riley Smith right now. And Riley Smith, by the way, worse than Phil Kessel, right? Agreed. Not scoring. Agreed. Not scoring. I just think the familiarity goes for it with the Galan. He already got Ryan Reeves. What more does he want? Hey, listen, Ryan Reeves has been great. I, mean, I love it. That's not a knock on Ryan no, Reeves. I'm just saying. He's been great. He, he had one trump card. He played it. He and now clearly has it, changed the dynamic in the locker room. I don't know if you saw that video where he screams behind Shesterkin, release us, Jesty! <laughs> it's like unbelievable. <laughs> Guy's a psychopath. <laughs> he's crazy. I kind of love it. I know I know he's not the best hockey player, but boy, he does change that atmosphere very quick. Yeah. Uh, and it has everybody, lot, everybody, has every friend group needs that guy, though. It right? has value. I, you know, it really does. I was watching a, a, a certain... Uh, a video on a soccer team earlier. I know nerdy Ryan uh, Brentford and they're talking about like their chemistry and how they bring in certain guys. They're just there for that reason. And they, that they feel like that has analytical purposes to it, but they can't yet quantify it. And that's what people have been doing forever in sports. Ryan Reeves is just that for the New York Rangers. Oh, this is, this is where fucking a rod comes in with like, you can't measure a man's heart. Stop. And then someone's like, we have EKGs. You can do that. (laughs) There's a difference between, uh, you can measure some chemistry and leadership. You can figure that out. There's, there's, there's a good way to do that. Sometimes well, Arod was never able to figure that shit out. No. That that much we know he, for sure. Yeah, you couldn't even figure out how to convince the other player to let him play shortstop when he was way better at it. So there you go. You couldn't figure out how to keep Jennifer Lopez away from a man she's already broken up with twice. That's crazy. <laughs> Isn't he on the Timberwolves now or some shit? I don't know. Who? He's, A-Rod? Yeah. I think he tried to buy them, right? But didn't something weird happen there where they... I don't know. Like He's not... I don't know. I try not to I want, stay I, abreast with I what's happening to like in A-Rod Alexander Rodriguez. Even life. now, I just can't. I just can't. Anyway, uh, New York Rangers have a lot, a lot of questions to answer over the next couple of years. And very limited... Very over the next couple of years, make. over the next couple of weeks, bro. What do you mean years? That's true. I, well, I'm looking at the long term now that like everybody is just locked up. I think there's like five players till 2025 on the roster just locked up right now. They're just also shout out, shout out Fox and his agent, because we are big. Everybody needs to get paid. Everybody get the bag podcast, right? Even, even with Barclay Goodrow, we don't blame Barclay Goodrow. No, for the contract. I blame the Rangers for giving him six years. It's absolutely ridiculous. Correct. But good for Goodrow. We're happy you got the bag. Great for Adam Fox. Dude guaranteed getting the bag twice in his life. That man, again, very few hockey players. I take a step back and go, no, that that Harvard education, that that fucking checks out. <laughs> I that do makes love a lot how of the Harvard education was. Hold on, I've looked at aging charts, and we think mm-hmm. we can get a second contract if we take one year off this. We think we know. We know. What do you <laughs> yeah. think? We know. We've done the math. Let's minus one. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, he just cool. he just saw what Mika Zibanejad got and what Artemi Panarin got before that. He's like, yeah, no, fuck you. I'm gonna be a free agent again at the ripe old age of thirty. 
And I know this league ain't going to get smarter. Well, the Rangers, so the Rangers go are going to pay him again. It. That's for sure. That'll happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, everybody gives – everybody – not not to bring up Vitaly Kravtsov because, boy, is that boring. And, man, am I tired of it. But Here everybody's like, oh, Vitaly Kravtsov, here's a kid that should have just accepted his assignment, should have just gone, should have put his chin up, been the bigger man, blah, 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 done all these things, blah, blah, blah. You know, Adam Fox did this to two different organizations. <laughs> yeah, he left. He forced his way out. To two he forced places. his way out of Calgary. And he's like, I'm never playing for fucking Calgary. And they're like, all right, fine. And then he's like, oh, you traded me to Carolina? Want to know where else? I'm not going to fucking play Carolina. But because he's Adam Fox, who's from New York, and he came to New York Rangers, all of us are very forgiving. Me at the top of the line. I am the most <laughs> forgiving man in the world when it comes to what Adam Fox did. Yeah. At the same time. If his name was like Anton Foxilovich or whatever the Russian version of it is, right? Oh, you'd be shitting on him if he was doing this to like the the if he was either doing this to the Rangers or doing this to like Vegas or some shit. Everyone would be losing their damn Problem mind. Player. It's Problem just because, player. yeah, yeah. It's just because he ended up on your favorite team that you're like, no nah, man, there's no fucking problem. Yeah, but your favorite team and he won the Norris at 22. So yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah, so maybe shut the fuck up if that's your point about <laughs> Vitaly Kravtsov. I don't know. <laughs> the Kravtsov thing is a problem on all sides. Everybody involved is is uh, sure, is wrong. but let's let's not pretend that this hasn't directly benefited the New York Rangers. Oh yeah, it has. Yeah, if you think winning lottery was nice, uh, the lottery that Adam Fox was born in in on Long Island was way better. On Long Island, while the Islanders sucked, and while some dude named Lundquist was in net. Well, I'll make it better. It had a Brian Leach idol idolization from his dad. There you go. And now has become Mm. that that model dude. Exactly. That dude just is that dude. I promise, he is that dude. To make a reference from earlier, is today a Bones Day? Oh, I should have checked. I meant to check. You know what today? (laughs) Today we we today's a Chin Day, right? Oh, this is Chin Day. Oh, is Chin Day the thing? <laughs> I think I think Chin Day is the thing. It's a Chin Day. It's a Chin Day. Hey, it's a Chin Day. It's a Chin Day. Yeah. When it listen, it's either Chin Day or it's not a Chin Day. Today, Chin Day. I love it. All right. Uh, do you want to do some five star questions before we get to our guests? I feel like we should. I feel like we should too. Uh, this is from Dan from SoCal. What uh, this, be- but it is also a no bones day. Rest up. Be kind to yourselves. Okay. I'm being kind to myself. I'm celebrating Adam Fox. Thank you. It's Chin Day. It's a Chin Day. Yeah, tweet that one out right now. It's a chin day. <laughs> I am on it. Yeah. Uh, Dan from SoCal. One of my best friends is a diehard Blackhawks fan who has habitually watched them for the last decade. However, he told me recently he can't watch them right now. He's disgusted with a lot of the main players. So my question is, who gets traded first, Taze or Jack Eichel? I Taze or – they're not trading Taze. They can't. You expect the Blackhawks to learn anything from all of this? Yeah, everything about the Blackhawks. Uh, there's – there's a lot that's happened today that we haven't touched on because it's been a nice day for the New York Ranger fans that I don't really want to get into. But by God, that Batman press conference was one of the worst PR press conferences I've ever heard. Ever. Ever. The guy, it, he said everything wrong. It was like, what? I, I, I'm having a brain like explosion just thinking about how bad it was. It was terrible. Uh, and I don't think the Blackhawks will learn like Greg said. No, I, first of all, Kyle Beach, incredible human being. The... Has has lived through, done more, better human being than I'll probably be able to achieve in my entire life. Not even probably. Than I'll be able to achieve in my entire there life. The dude 
deserves all the praise, deserves so much. The fact that he sat down for an interview and apologized for not being able to speak up sooner. Unbel- I just, I, I don't know how people got through that entire press conference. The press but, conference, when I watch it, it, it's really hard to watch. And the bravery, what, what does anyone, dude, the bravery does anyone it took ex- to do that is unbelievable. Oh, dude, incredible. But what does, let, let's not also kid ourselves here. Does anybody really expect the New York, Ra- not the New York Rangers, oof, I'm sorry, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks or the National Hockey League to learn from this? Joel Quenville coached that night. Uh, Shevel Dayoff, still employed, not just employed, they found reasons not to discipline him, which is, Remarkable. Hey, hey, listen, he wasn't high enough up. He was only assistant general manager, a job that Chris Drury had, okay? He didn't really know a lot. He was in the room. Like, <laughs> what? Even, I don't, what? What, what, what else? It's what, not that hard. Literally, what the fuck else? I, even if, like, all he had to do is be like, guys, this is a bad idea, and then if nobody listened to him, I agree. Don't penalize the man. If he physically spoke up and said, this is wrong, what we're doing is wrong, we need to go about this differently, that dude shouldn't be penalized. But instead, we're just saying, well, he didn't say anything. And had he said something, it would have been ignored. So we can't penalize the guy. No, you fucking can. What? Fuck off. Fuck you, Batman. That Shithead. was so stupid. It's so but dumb. I, I don't expect the NHL. Donald Fair is still in Dude, charge did you of see? the NHL. They, they, they said, uh, they were like, hey, we reached out. We actually closed uh, the racism case. No big deal. We already contacted the representative. The representatives came back and were like, actually, we haven't heard anything. That's a lie. <laughs> It's like what? Oh my god! They, they 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 closed the case and everybody's happy except the people that filed the case. Very so it, interesting. NHL. It's just the Very it's just the dumbest league. It, it, but you do say it all the time, but it is true. Yeah, and I understand that it's other leagues are also dumb. Like this, when I say it, it's not me getting Rob Manfred. The shit he said about why the Braves are still not just allowed to do the chop but somehow is somehow encouraging them to just do it more yeah he's got big dumb fuck energy too so i don't want to let him off the hook but why does the nhl not God, give I, us guests hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not, not shit no i know i'm time, just it, just making a joke yeah no all. but you're, you're bringing up good points yeah uh I, it is fair i we are our own worst enemies because we just we love we have the gall ryan the gall to say what we're feeling it's very and weird People, people don't like that. Really don't. But if you want to support us, you know how to do it. There you go. Yes. And again, I credit where credit is due. Ryan had this shit at one o'clock. I did. You can go in <laughs> and see the timestamp. It is there. I don't want to be the guy that has to give Ryan credit. Lord knows it's not my thing. But I, I, I wasn't on the interwebs a lot today. Uh, I, I responsibly was trying to be an adult and yep. was updating stuff. And things for that maybe things. people who would like to give me money enjoy. I think some people um, call that a job. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to be blunt about right. it. Right. But yeah. yes. Uh, hashtag hire Greg. Today is a hire Greg hire day. Hire Greg day. That is the other thing that we're going to get working. Um, yeah. I Shit. Ryan had it. I, and we're just. We aren't the guys that are going to go on Twitter and be like sources. Rangers of signing. Adam, Adam Fox. Adam Lundquist. Yeah. Might as well be. Um, yep. we, we, we're not those guys. That's not our role, but we do get tidbits and we tell people that pay us money. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's how it works. Listen, it's a giver. It's a, it's a chin day. That's, <laughs> that's a chin day, baby. It's a chin day. All right. Uh, let's get to the next five-star question here, which you can leave on Patreon. 
this, this is from uh, Bronx Harlem Hockey. Despite the win-now mentality, the Rangers still have a fairly deep prospect pool. Have we reached the point where we are trading most of the prospects slash picks away, or are we still developing them? What are the odds that Morgan Barron's starting as a Ranger for the, at least a few years? I mean, you said it earlier. You think he's locked to get traded at this point. Well, I just uh, he's like the most logical trade chip again because it's not just think about it from a New York Rangers standpoint. Think about it from an other organizational standpoint. Morgan Barron is a dude a lot of teams would love to have in their farm system. He's a bit of an accessory for the New York Rangers, but Coyotes would absolutely love to have a dude like that in their lineup. Who are you kidding? I I don't th- I don't like the mindset of. Now that the Rangers are good, they don't need to have all their picks because the really good teams are constantly backfilling their minor leagues, right? Just look at the Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays aren't going to draft in the top 15 of a baseball draft for 10 years. Doesn't matter. And they're still going to find these guys nonstop. It's what they do. So, no, I don't think the Rangers should be out here willy-nilly trading stuff away. But this is... Essentially, this this can all go back to my point about offer sheets. When you offer sheet really good players, you're not sacrificing four straight lottery picks. You're sacrificing picks you expect to be at the back end of the first round where the odds of that guy being an impact NHLer are less than 5%. So the Rangers are now entering that point of their rebuild where I hope Chris Drury is smart enough to understand that the draft picks he will have that he can dangle at the deadline – aren't going to be Alexi Lafreniere or Kapo Kopko. Hell, they won't even be Brennan Othman. They'll be guys at the end of drafts that other teams are going to have to lean heavily on their scouting department to uncover. And those are picks you should be willing to trade. Again, I don't... If the Rangers aren't going to ask the Coyotes to eat money, I don't even think you need to give them a first-round pick for Phil Kessel since Kessel gets to decide what where he's going. If he wants to go to the Rangers, he just gets to be a Ranger. But yes, the Rangers should be willing to trade first-round picks right now. They shouldn't be too concerned with trading picks in back-to-back years. And if they like a guy, they shouldn't let draft picks, prospects, stop them from getting that guy. But they shouldn't just trade them for the sake of trading them. That is never the point. This is from Mesa Spades. Can you think of any team that could have the Norris winner and the Vesna winner in the same season and struggle or, if not fail, to make the playoffs. Because that's how I feel about the Rangers right now. I cannot. <laughs> I cannot. The Rangers have a, a lot of tr- – if I told you on paper, like, blind test, you don't know anything about hockey, like, this team, all right, all right, they have the second best left wing in the league. They have the number one overall pick, the number two overall pick, a top three goalie and the best defenseman in the league. You'd be like, that team is sick. <laughs> like, I don't know. That team got had 18 shots on Sunday night. It's like, well, okay, cool. That's where we're at. At the, sa- at the same time, it's a struggle on a nightly basis, right? In the micro, this seems like a struggle. But in the, again, you pull out. <laughs> um, <laughs> hashtag Troy Aikman. You, you pull out and you see that this is a team, again, where – Eight of the nine games have been grueling and difficult, but they're 6-2-1. and one. I don't expect it to be a struggle for the Rangers to make the playoffs. This team is so – well, this team, Igor Shosturkin, at the current rate he's playing, is so good that the New York Rangers will make the playoffs even if they don't start scoring. What happens, though, if you make the playoffs and you're not scoring is it's a very short trip. And I think that 
is where you'll reflect on this year and be like, wow, the Rangers had the Vesna, the Norris, Panarin, Sabanajed, Kako, Lafreniere, Truba, Miller. They had all these guys, and they couldn't advance past the first fucking round. Well, yeah, if you score on average 2.3 goals per game, it'll be fucking hard to win 12 straight games or 16 straight games. Yeah, it's going to be rough. Uh, last one from David. How does the Fox contract, shout out to Ryan for the insider scoop, affect your Chris Jury GM rankings? It doesn't. It's the easiest thing Chris Jury's ever done in his entire life. It, there's yeah, it there's was... never been an easier decision. Like, picking breakfast most mornings was harder for Chris Drury than giving Adam Fox his contract. So stupid easy. Yeah, and I can't give – Chris Drury didn't make the Foxes move to Jericho, New York, right? Like, Adam Fox is a New York Ranger because Adam Fox grew up loving the New York Rangers, and this is the only team he wants to play for. Chris Drury – Maybe Adam Fox likes Chris Jury on a personal level and made it that much easier to sign the contract, but it was like going from a 97% I'm signing the contract to a, yeah, I'm signing the contract. So I'm happy Chris Jury didn't fuck it up, but I'm not giving him more credit than that. No There's way. no more credit to give him. That's it. All right. Uh, that's enough for us. Let's go over to our interview right now. Let's transition over. Oh, you have anything else you want to say? I guess I should ask you. Um, I, I, I see the Mets aren't retaining Zach Scott. No fucking shit. That's, <laughs> yeah, duh. that's good to see. Cool. Uh, it's still, still here. I, who gets, all right, Ryan, new question. What happens first? Jack, who gets traded or the Mets hire a president of baseball. So operation? I asked or, you this you know question. The Mets hire anybody. I asked Just you anybody. this question and I said, I said to you, I was like, I think end of November, mid November. And you were like, Ryan, if they're not sorted out by that time, I will have a meltdown. We're getting there. We are getting there. Uh, I'm still going to have the meltdown. I'll say that Eichel is. first. There you go. Yeah, because it, it's starting to feel like Eichel's actually going to get done in the next couple days here. Yeah, I think and there's in Vegas. just no hope the Mets hire anybody in the next couple days. I think they'll, the Buffalo Sabres are happy to send them to Vegas. The package will be underwhelming. underwhelming. Yeah, yeah, that's the only way to put and it. And we'll have an emergency podcast about all of it where we're just happy it's over. Yes, we'll have a celebration. Well, I've do, we talk- buy, do we get a second billboard to say thank God? Thank God. No, uh, I want you. I want you to get this next one. I want you to get this next uh, income. All right, let's uh, let's transition over to our good friend, and uh, we'll go from there. Transition. Hey, we're back with Sarah Griffin. She is a writer for Lacrosse Flash, fastest sport on two feet, by the way, and pitchers list. Uh, my former employer, Sarah. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Before you jumped on the call, we were talking about how much of a shit show the NHL is. Um, what's it like following the NHL day these days for everybody? Because it's terrible for us. <laughs> I would say it's just so, so miserable. It's like hard to even like focus on just like the Bruins, for example, just the Bruins. I'm like, I feel kind of silly right now. Like just with everything, especially Batman's conference Woo! today i'm just like this is embarrassing it's so embarrassing being a hockey fan right now Sarah, a lot, a lot of people who know you on the interwebs they they, they understand you're a bruin fan but they understand most importantly you're a red Sox fan if you had to choose death match rob manfred or gary bettman and you need one of them to come away from it who is it oh god good question greg thank you oh I guess Manfred, I guess. <laughs> I, I love I love by the way, I just love that you're taking the the right. the commissioner where all of us agree baseball's about to have a work stoppage in like four weeks and yeah. all of us are like, Yeah, probably that guy still anyway. Still him. <laughs> Anyone over Batman right now. 
That's where we're at. What a world. That's where we're at. Listen, the Rangers signed Adam Fox uh, to a long-term extension today. Uh, All Ranger fans are happy for the first time in a long time. Uh, We tend to complain. (laughs) We're not always united on on these topics, which brings me to my question, actually. When McAvoy signed his extension, was Bruce Twitter united? Was anybody complaining? I'd say like 95% of Bruins Twitter is very happy with it. But of course, like any other fan base, there's the other 5% who are like, oh, that's overpaid. That's too long of a contract. Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. As if Charlie McFoy isn't him and Pasta together aren't the future of that franchise down the line. But for the most part, everyone was happy. I think it was a good deal on both sides. Are you surprised that McAvoy, a born and bred Long Island kid, is just immersing himself in Boston sports these days. It feels like he's taking it to a point that is a little cons- not not offensive, <laughs> but I'm calling bullshit. Is really what I'm getting down to on this. I always have wondered about that, just because I think it is kind of funny how much he's just turned from. Because you know he has that famous tweet that pops up every few weeks, like I hate the Bruins so much that he tweeted like high school. And now he fully is, like, you know, he has the Red Sox hat. He's always at Boston sports events, you know. He's fully into Boston now. And I love it, but I do question it sometimes. Not that I question how legit he is about it, but I'm just like, I don't know if I could ever do that, no matter, like, where I move, like, what my job is. Even if I have a long-term deal like that, I don't know if I could ever, like, push myself to be anyone other than, like, a Bostonian. Sarah, I, I have to tell you, $9.5 million would change your mind pretty quickly. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I don't want to be that See, guy. I'm not signing any jobs. <laughs> I'm not signing any jobs for that money, so that never really occurred to me. <laughs> Sarah, I'm a Rays I'm a Rays fan and I don't like the Islanders, but I will wear a Boston Red Sox hat or a Yankee cap whenever, or an Islanders jersey if someone gives me $9.5 million. I'll start an Islanders podcast tomorrow. Like, there's no doubt about it. Oh, yeah, no. Okay, yeah. If someone gave me $9.5 million, I'll be like, I was never a Red Sox fan. I've always been to the Yankees. (laughs) (laughs) Love Aaron Judge. What a great guy. Start spreading the news, right, guys? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. Insane. Uh, What's... What's it been? What's the Bruins like vibe this year so far? Is it like copper bust situation yet again? Is it almost time to rebuild? Where are we at? I wouldn't say it's copper bust, but it's a lot of question marks, honestly, this season. It kind of sucks because the Bruins have had such a weird schedule, too. Like they've barely played, like I think they've played five games now. Like I can't really get a read on them yet, still. And then. I don't know. There's just too many question marks and I don't see them like as much as I would love to say. Yeah, there you go. This is the year. Everyone talks about that window with the Bruins core and stuff. And I kind of feel like now without Krejci and then Tuka's maybe coming back in February. I hate to say it kind of feels like that window has officially passed. I don't want it to just because I want to see like Bergeron get another win there before he retires, whatever that may be. But I don't know. It's a very weird vibe this year. <laughs> First of all, as a Ranger fan, I am required by law to say when you say Bergeron gets another one, uh, <laughs> fuck off, kindly. Just what what a wonderful what a wonderful thing cool. for someone to say about their like all time favorite hockey player. Wish I could say the same. Yeah. Wish, um, I wish Luckwish would get another one. The only thing yeah, I another 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 sports <laughs> Emmy is what I'm trying to say yeah. with Henrik Lundqvist. Cool. Um, incredible but uh i guess 
I think I had a question after that, but the joke really stole whatever Got thunder it. that I'll, was I'll do it. Make. Was there ever a chance that the Boston Bruins ever had a shot at getting Jack Eichel, or would it had to have gone to a section where he had his no-movement clause in place and he forced his way to Boston? I kind of thought if it were to happen, it would be him forcing his way in because you know he wants to be in Boston. Like, he went to the Red Sox game with a bunch of Bruins, like, last month, and they showed him up because I was at the game. They showed him up on the screen. I was like, he wants to be a part of them so bad. <laughs> I think in five years he will happening. be, so congratulations in advance. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, years down the line, yeah. He'll be there. Um, so you don't Time, see you don't see a way he like kind of forces not. himself into the situation now. I don't think so. No, I'm definitely not getting my hopes up. At least, what what's been the general vibe in Boston about Eichel? Because Ranger fans, it's been like literally civil war. It's people coming up with reasons why they don't want him. He's damaged good. He's broken. Other people saying he's too expensive. Other Rangers fans saying this is Jack Eichel we're talking about. You give up whatever you give up for him. You're getting one of the best players in hockey. I don't feel, as an outsider, I don't feel like Boston fans have had a reckoning when it comes to whether they are or aren't getting Jack Eichel, and they're kind of just sitting on the sidelines being like, hey, if it happens, it happens, whatever, whatever, whatever transpires here goes, go Sox. Have we misread (laughs) Boston and their love of Eichel? Has there actually been a underswelling of people saying, no, 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 no. This shit needs to happen. It needs to happen now, and we're not talking about it until this happens. I'd say it's like an 80-20 ratio. So 80% are like, if it happens, it happens, but I'm not counting on it. You know, most rational people. There's another like just sector. I've seen a lot on Bruins Twitter. They think because like Eichel, you know, Boston kid. I don't know if they're just like, oh, like anyone that like people buy into the Bruins culture. They buy into being in Boston, like all this stuff. They think, like, Jack Eichel himself is going to, like, write himself up a deal or something. Like, they're very sure it's going to happen somehow. It will play into our ways. I don't know where they got that idea other than the fact, like, well, he's from Boston, so of course he's going to come here. Because that is kind of how the Bruins sometimes do their trades and recruit. Like, oh, it's a Boston kid. (laughs) But I don't think that will be how it plays out, sadly. Is there a team in the the East right now that you – you fear playing. It's clearly not the Maple Leafs because the Bruins have owned them for years. But what is the one squad that, if you're in a playoff series, on, I, I'm not talking about the Avalanche or the Vegas Vegas Golden Knights, somebody in the East, what's the one squad you don't want to face off against? Mm, everyone's really good this year. The Metro is a bloodbath. We do not like it. God, I just... Most of them I really don't... Uh, is probably it the, the Carolina Panthers. Hurricanes? Panthers, that's a good one. They just lost their coach, though, so maybe not. <laughs> um, what, they what? just, like, I feel like they're such a dark horse out of nowhere. And the Bruins, like, they've just played them now two times in a row. The first time they lost them, the second time they won in a shootout. But they just look so much better than they did before. <laughs> yeah, there's just it's kind of like that taking the leap. It's kind of the what I hoped would happen with the New York Rangers this year, even though there are 6-2-1 and one, as mm-hmm. the time of this recording. Uh, they have a uh, struggle bust, I think is the way to say that, getting through <laughs> to that situation. And I thought they would take that leap this year, and some of their players have. Their Vesna probably favorite goalie, and their 
Norris Trophy winner, Adam Fox, but everyone else is kind of like just chilling. Meanwhile, in Florida and and the Hurricanes, <laughs> they can't stop winning. Um, those are the two teams I think on my on my radar. I wouldn't want to play against. Uh, Sarah, I'm... yeah. Oh, Donna, you go go ahead first, and I'll ask my question. So I'm gonna. Remember oh no, this I was gonna say I'm also not too apt on the Hurricanes. They scare me as well. Not as much as the Panthers right now, but they're up there. Um, a thing I'm always interested in because. Boston is a one-team, one-town city across all its sports. Everybody is united. They understand the mission. But when it comes to Rangers fans and their relationship with the with our rivalry with the Bruins, it's splintered because half the fan base are also Yankee fans, and everything is fuck Boston all the time. And other half of the, the fan base are Met fans. And it's like we hate ourselves too much to really hate anybody else. And then half the fan base are <laughs> Giant fans where it's like Tom Brady doesn't scare us. We don't care about him. We're the only team that beats him, while the other half of the fan base are Jet fans. And it's like, if I see Tom Brady in a dark alley, I'm going to shiv him. So (laughs) no one can get on the same page with how to feel about Boston sports from a Ranger perspective. But in Boston, what is the opinion of your daily Ranger fan? How angry do we make you? Do you give us the time of day? Do you tell us to fuck ourselves? What's happening? That's a good question. Man, I'm on fire. Like general consensus- <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the general consensus is like, oh, fuck the Rangers, fuck their fans. But at the same time, it's not like, I feel like it's not hostile. Like it is like, say like Red Sox, Yankees, where it's like a bloodbath. I feel like it's the madman elevator scene. Like, I don't really think about you. Is how Boston feels about the Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like when we play, like, the Bruins play the Rangers, it's like, oh, yeah, like, fuck the Rangers, blah, blah, blah. But any other day, it's like, yeah. <laughs> so Ranger fans don't really have the Bruins in their top five rivals, I wouldn't say. I, I don't think we even make yours either. I, I mean, who is it? It's really like, who are you? Who would you say the Bruins are, are your top guy, your top guns? Like, I mean, you- I would say, like, for obviously, like, speaking, I'm like, oh, the Habs, but um, they just haven't really been relevant to us. <laughs> so then I'm like, oh, the Leafs. So I'm like, I mean, we always beat them. <laughs> Man, poor Leafs fans. I guess. Yeah, like, you guys just or, crush them. Yeah. Oh, just look, poor, poor Boston fans. They've gotten so used to winning, they forgot what it's like to hate. Like, <laughs> what? A, come on. I mean, I really hate the Lightning, but I feel like everyone really hates the Lightning. Well, well the Lightning so. fucking cheat. So there's a there difference there. Uh, let's get to the Red Sox. If you had Mookie Betts, do you win the World Series? No. Okay. I didn't think so either. I just wanted to bait you. It, it worked out. Okay. <laughs> no. Uh, Why did you beat the Rays so bad and make me upset? <laughs> I, <laughs> that's a good question because honestly, after they, and general consensus, I think for most people was if the Red Sox beat the Yankees in the wild card, that's our World Series. I like, as we were walking out, because I went to the wild card game, as we were walking out, I like, took a Snapchat video. I was like, we won the World Series, whatever. Cause it's like, this is the only victory we're getting this postseason. I just expected us to get swept by the Rays. I think pretty much everyone kind of had that yeah, thought, me too. me too, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> the offense just really woke up. At the right time, I guess. Um, there's definitely some things that place the Red Sox favor, I won't lie. <laughs> we don't have to get into the specifics, but definitely. Like, as, as a non-race fan, I would like to get into specifics. What specific things? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Sarah, have you have you considered with how well you have it as a Red Sox fan of writing a very long, lengthy thank you note to the Wilpons for giving you high and bloom? I do love Heimbloom. Yeah, it's pretty great. But it's too yeah. early. It's too early for that. What do you mean? He, he, he came from the race. You're going to be fine. <laughs> he should have been a Met. What do you mean? <laughs> You're making uh, us really angry, Sarah. Thanks for coming on, though. I really appreciate it. Um, <laughs> where, who is the player on the Bruins right now that nobody's talking about but should be? If there is one. Hmm. hmm. We prepped all these questions, by the way. We had like a 70-minute meeting to make sure. No, we're, we're actually making this all up as we go. So there we go. <laughs> Am I allowed to say Jake DeBrus because everyone just thought he would be a bust yeah. this year and kind of thought he was a bust last Because I've been on this. I'm like, he's this is going to be his comeback year. This is Jake DeBrus revenge tour and it is working out so far. <laughs> I'm, that's a totally fine answer. I, I mean, that's someone I wasn't thinking about, and now I am. So I appreciate I think, that. <laughs> I, I think I think that's a good answer. I think uh, the follow-up question that I can have to that is, again, since everything's going so well for Boston sports, how many days do you spend many days thinking about what it'd be like if you just took Barzal, Connor, and whoever the hell the third player was that you could have just drafted back to back to back? <sighs> I hate that question. I hate the 2015 draft. I uh, it's cool. Rangers don't really do drafts. We kind of just like ruin the relationship immediately. It's all yeah, or we just get the best <laughs> ones possibly available. Yeah, that's. It. <laughs> I try not to think about it too much. <laughs> it is something that, especially last playoff run, I was like, I mean, if we had Barzell. <laughs> Who knows where we would, like, on our – it was in that Islanders series. I'm like, wow, wouldn't we love to have a guy like that on our side? But yeah. I try not to dwell on it too much because <laughs> I am bitter about it. Well, sorry about all your cups. Really, really sorry. Um, <laughs> I, yes, I hope Bergeron can get that last here. one. It would be really heartbreaking in the game. <laughs> well, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. Greg, do you have any final questions for our friend and guest? Oh man, I there has to be one more Met related question that I can squeeze you in. You want to here. squeeze one in? <laughs> oh no, I got I got it. Okay, Met related because I'm still Team Beltron. Honest, honest response. Like Alex Cora coming back, I think he's beloved by Red Sox fans. I don't think they. The vibe I get is the Red Sox don't really care about the whole Houston Astros aspect of everything that happened. Is that is that an incorrect vibe? Do I have it all wrong about Alex Cora? I feel like it's the greatest thing since sliced bread that ever happened to Boston sports. I mean, yeah, pretty much most people, myself included, I'm like, well, he did his time. I just love Alex Cora so much. So I was like, thank God he's back. And I know all the players love him too. So that's like best case scenario. So yeah, it is kind of something like, oh yeah, that happened. But let's not talk about it. (laughs) We have like our great manager back. We stole this executive from the Rays and now we're super happy. Great. Anyway, Sarah, I'm miserable <laughs> and I hate life. So uh, it was great having you on. Why don't you pitch what you do and uh, your social and all that good stuff? Okay, yeah. So I do. I write lacrosse flash and pitcher list. Then I also have my own podcast with my co-host Kendra Middleton, Saturdays and Seltzers. And then my socials are at SKG underscore 18. Sweet. Uh, when, when, did, when did the celebrity status really hit for you? Because I couldn't go the entire Red Sox playoff run without something Sarah Griffin hitting my timeline. <laughs> um, 
I don't know. I don't think I've hit that status quite yet. I think I just tweet a lot, and so that's probably why. Yeah, I tweet a lot of bullshit, too, to be honest with you. It's kind of terrible. <laughs> it's a disease, uh, and I, I live through it. Um, we're actually going to leave, too. So uh, <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at O'Reilly. You can follow Greg at Blue Church Break. We'll be back next week with a bunch of more stuff for you guys. Adam Fox forever. Love you guys. Bye. And this podcast is always brought to you by our Insiders Club, who got some fun fun news early on a Monday afternoon. And we're on Mondays. They continually go. Here they are. Uh, so I want to just thank everybody from start to finish. Adam Cassidy, Adam Cohen, Adam Cheech, Alex Gardner, Amber Cohensberger, Austin Beetleman, Ben Waters, Ben Weber, Biggs Malone, Brian Doyle, Broad, Broadway, Blue Shirt Bleeder. Nailing that one. Chris Finelli, CJ Stellwagen, Dennis Dazen, David Narrett and David Siegel, Dennis Dykes, Eric Stagg, George Britsky, Give Artner Cup, Harrison Hasco, Jake Berkowitz, Jerry and Marquez, JD, Jamie Mack, John Hardesty, Chris from Florida, Christoph Berg, Lazer Gronkowski, Lucas K, Matthew Kind, who I think I'm going to be in his wedding party. Max Nielsen, Pavel Kodarev, Stephen Lomayer, Stig Bulbach, Swingart, The Drop BK, Tom Clary, Tommy O'Neill, Tor from Manhattan, Vinny Bracco, Vinny Hay, and Will Spector. Cannot thank you all enough. We couldn't do without you. For real. Not even kidding. Love the Insiders chat. Love that you guys hang out. And uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, later this week, we're going to do a Wednesday morning or afternoon or something like that after the Vancouver game on Tuesday night because it's at 10 p.m. And I'm an old man when it ends at 1 p.m., 1 a.m. And I'll be a sleepy sleep. Who am I kidding? I'll probably stay up and hate myself. All right. We'll see you guys later. Love you. Bye.